Welcome to Grace Church's podcast. The message you are about to hear was recorded live during our Sunday service. Sermon notes can be found online at grace417.com. Okay, so we're week three of, of, of the series, um, Discovering God's Will for Our Life. And it's so important um, that we understand God's will, walk in His will, and, and, and as we do that, um, here's the deal, okay? I'm going to give you guys the punchline before, before the joke. Hopefully my sermon's not a joke. But, but, but the punchline is you can't really know Jesus' will for your life unless you're spending time with Jesus. Okay? You can't. We're, we're kidding ourselves. If we think we can understand his will, um, we're following a person, not a plan. Okay? So it's so so important that we're following a person and not a plan. And so so what I'm going to do, the tools that you have in your hands, um, uh, I'm going to go over those in in a little bit. That's going to help you uh, be able to spend uh, more consistently time with the Lord. And there's a couple of things in our life that really anchor us, that really help them. One is what we're going to talk about today, what I refer to as a daily office and then also the Sabbath, of observing the Sabbath, of like you're doing today, of coming in, keeping the Lord first in your life, the first day of the week, of, of pursuing Him. Uh, those things just, they, they, that in the midst of the storms of life, they, they're what get us back on track, get us back to what the Lord has for us. I'll explain it this way. Um, so my mom's family um, all come from South Dakota. They're all native of South Dakota and um, I, I should say South Dakota. That's how you'd say it. South, from South Dakota, and uh, they're just like a mile from North Dakota, and um, they're from this small town called Lemon, South Dakota. Um, I'm not endorsing this movie, uh, but if you've seen the movie, you've heard of the movie uh, Revenant. There's this bear scene in there where this bear mauls a guy, and it's this famous scene. Well, that actually happened just two or three miles from my grandparents' farm. Um, it wasn't in mountains; it was on the upper Great Plains. Uh, now it's at the bottom of a lake, but uh, but that that so that that's a part of country where my family's from, and the winters there are brutal. They're brutal. In fact, I remember for my fifth birthday, we were at my grandparents' house in South Dakota, and uh, we were we we were we were watching the weather, and there was a break, and they said we got to go now. So we left and we headed south, and I guess this huge storm blew in, and they were snowed in for six weeks. And all I thought of as a kid was, why couldn't have I got snowed in at grandparents' house for six weeks? I would have loved that. It would have been the most awesome thing in the world. They had snowmobiles. They had, you know, cows. They had everything. It was awesome. And, uh, but this is what they would do. In fact, I was, I was with a guy from, um, from South Dakota this week, and I said, now my grandparents used to do this. Does your family still do this? He says, absolutely, every winter we do this. So what they do in the winter is they tie ropes from the porch from the front porch to the barn, and or however many outbuildings they have, because if they're out and it starts snowing and a blizzard comes in, if they don't have that rope, they'll they could get lost. And I know that blows our mind right here in Missouri. That's hard to fathom, but that's true. They really do this. And 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 if they're going, to, they need to go do something. They need to go somewhere. They need to whatever it might be out in the yard. They'll they'll tie a rope to the house and they'll keep it with them, because if they lose that rope. And, the bliz- and a blizzard blows in, they literally could die five, ten feet from the house. They just can't see the house. They're just caught in this blizzard. 
And I think a lot of times our lives are, are like a blizzard, that there's activity, there's just stuff going on, there's storms going on, and we can get lost in the chaos of everything going on. And what we need is we need to be able, we need a rope that'll bring us back to the presence of God, um, that'll, bring, that'll anchor us, that in the midst of craziness going on, it brings us back to that safe place in Jesus. And I believe that's what Sabbath is all about, observing the Sabbath. With Sabbath, it means to stop, to rest. It's what we're doing here on, on this Sunday of celebrating the Lord. That anchors us, of spending time with Jesus every day. That anchors us when the storms of life come that we can, we can be with Him. And so, as we look at this today, um, we discern the Lord's will by being with Jesus. As we're with Jesus, we're able to discern His will. And we really can't know His will unless we're experiencing the Lord in our lives. And so I'm going to illustrate this by, by a couple of people uh, this morning, by Moses, by Peter, by John, um, by Jesus. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to show you some, some examples of that, and then I'm going to go over the tools that I've, that I've handed you and just, just help you with that. So first of all, I just want to talk about Moses for a little bit. Moses is such an important person in the Bible, and, and you know, the first 40 years of his life, he's, he was he raised, he's, raised in Egypt. He grows up in Egypt. He, he murders a guy. Uh, he blows it. Um, he goes out into the desert for 40 years. And, and, and as he's a shepherd out in the desert for 40 years, God does a great work in his life. Um, and, and the Lord appears to him. He comes to him. He calls him to lead um, his fellow um, Hebrews out of Egypt to lead them out. And, you know, he declined, oh, I can't do that. I can never do that. I don't, I don't have, and he lists all these excuses like we do when God asks us to step out in faith and to do something. And the Lord convinces him to go for it. And so he does by the grace, by the might, by the strength of God, uh, God uses him to deliver uh, the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then they get out into the desert the wilderness, and that's where the fun really starts, because they got them out of Egypt, but Egypt wasn't out of them yet, and that, that took a while. And as they were as they were doing this, they began to over three million people. They began to complain. Uh, they began to um, uh, co- co- you know, complain, murmur, uh, that unbelief, and it was so so difficult. Those, and and Moses had to lead these people. Imagine being responsible to feed, to water, to clothe to govern, to be the spiritual leader of over 3 million people. Like, can you imagine? I mean, I mean, just how overwhelming would that be? And we see a pattern in Scripture where Jesus always, or excuse me, Moses was always going and being with the Lord. He'd go up on the mountain, God would call him up there, and he would speak to him, and he would come, and he would, he would say what God wanted. And so we, we just see Moses continually abiding in the presence of of God, of going up to him, this pattern. So I want to just show you this pattern in, in Exodus. So Exodus 19, 3, it says, And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you're to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you're to tell the people of Israel. And then verse 7, So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. So the Lord called him to the mountain, and the Lord gave him instruction, and then he goes back down the mountain and he does what God wants him to do. Exodus 19, The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up and the Lord said to him, now go down and warn the people. And so here we see this pattern again. Exodus 24, 1, then the Lord said to Moses, come up to the Lord. And so we see this over and over and over again. And so 
we come to Exodus 33, which is just, it's, it's, a, it's a very special passage of Scripture to me, and, and especially the second part I'm, I'm going to read. But the, very, the first part of, of, of Exodus 33, starting in verse 7, it says, Now Moses used to take a tent, and he would pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. And anyone acquiring the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp, and whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tent and watching Moses until he entered the tent. And as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and would stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. And Moses had this special place where he would go to be with the Lord, to meet with the Lord. And, and, and we see this pattern. He would go to this tent. He would meet with the Lord. The Lord would meet with him face to face as a friend. And would give him instruction. And, 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 and that's what the Lord wants for us. The Lord wants to talk to us friend to friend. The Lord wants that kind of relationship with us. I think of my kids. And, and the goal with my kids is, is, is for us to be able to raise our kids in such a way that they grow um, emotionally, spiritually, in every aspect of and responsibility, that as they become adults, that we can be friends. My younger kids right now, we can't. I can't really be friend. I can be friendly, but I'm not really their friend. But as they mature, we can be friends, and that's the ultimate. Like that's what I look forward to of uh, in our relationship. And I think it's. I believe it's true. Of the Lord did well in Hebrews. We we continue to hear about maturing, about growing up. And, and, and maturing into God what has, has for us. And, and, and so just this meeting face-to-face and then understanding what the Lord has for us. And then I just, oh, this is such a powerful place in Scripture of, of, of Exodus thirty three twelve. And so the Lord says to Moses, he says, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and have found favor with you. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And Moses is like, Lord, I I have to have you. Because the children of Israel had sinned against God and there's this breach in the relationship. And and the Lord wasn't going to go with them. And Moses is just like, Lord, who are you going to go? How is this going to be? We have to have you. I Teach me your ways, Lord. And that's our prayer as we come into the presence of the Lord. Lord, teach me your ways, not just the way that I'm to go. And we want to know the way the Lord wants us to go. But, but we need the Lord to teach us his ways. We need the Lord to teach us what he's doing, what, what, what he has for us. And that we would know you, Lord, and continue to find your favor. And then the Lord says, Lord says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you. And, I will, and then Moses, he replies, he goes, well, good, because if your presence doesn't go with us, I ain't going. I think he used the word ain't. I'm pretty sure. That's Hebrew. I ain't going. I'm not going. If your presence isn't with I'm not. And let that be a prayer of our heart. Lord, I don't want to be anywhere where your presence isn't. See, this is the deal, Okay. God is present. The problem is we aren't always present. God's always present. I mean, he's here. He's among us. He's, he's here. The problem is we're not always here. We're all these other places, our mind, our heart, we're, we're so scattered. And so it's, oh, Lord, let me walk in your presence. 
Let me be with your presence. Because Moses says this. He says, Lord, it is your presence that is the distinguishing factor. That unless your presence is with us, how will, what will distinguish us from, from any other people? And it is true of us as well. That the gift, really the only gift, that you and I have to give to others is Jesus. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And if we're not full of Jesus, then we don't really have a lot to offer anybody else. Unless we are with Jesus continually, abiding with Him, there's really not a lot to give. Because when life happens and we get squeezed, what's in us comes out. And if it's Jesus, people around us are going to be a whole lot better off, aren't they? (laughs) Than if just us gets squeezed out. But we have to abide with him. We have to walk with him. We have to to do this. And, 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 you know, we can... I think there's just like a lot of correcting, a lot of, of adapting and adjusting in our lives to, to, to really be able to pursue this in the right way. Because I think a lot of times what happens is that, is that people can have an incorrect view of God and even of how his will is, is manifest and is understood in our life. Um, you know, there's like different extremes of how people view God. Um, you know, some people view God like a watchmaker. Like, like I love this watch I have on. I, uh, actually, a gentleman in the church gave it to me. He, uh, he, uh, he was in first service. I, one day he was wearing it. I, like, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't fishing. I was just like, dude, man, I really like your watch. And he was like, well, here, you can have it. And he took it. I was like, no, I'm not going to take it. Like, no, like, I really want you to have it. I'm like, well, thanks. That's really nice. And I love this watch. It's a I mean, it's a really nice watch. And you know one thing I love about this watch, other than it's really cool, is that, like, it works. You ever had a watch that, like, doesn't work, but this one works? And I've never had to do anything to it. I don't know how it even operates. Like, I don't know if it's solar. Like, I've had it for a few years, like three or four years, and it's, I've never had to change a battery. I don't know. It's, it's like magic. But it, it just works, and it just does what it is. And I think sometimes, that if we're not careful, we can view God that way, that God's like this cosmic watchmaker. He made the world. He's not really involved with it that much. It just kind of runs on its own, and the world just kind of happens. That's kind of one view, and if that's your view, you're not going to really be pursuing an intimate walk with the Lord because it doesn't really matter. You know, another extreme view is like God's like this divine puppeteer, and, and he's pulling all the strings um, behind the behind the the strings behind the screen and 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 it's his his sovereignty is so strong and so great that everything's already predecided anyway and so it doesn't really matter if i pray it doesn't really matter these things cuz it's just working all behind that those are like two extremes but but people can really have these kinds of views of god and the the the, the most healthy i think the most balanced view is that he's our father and that he loves us and he wants to have a relationship with us that he wants us to know his will for our lives more than we even want to know his will for our lives. That he wants that. And he wants to share it with us. He's not, he's not withholding it, but he, he also it doesn't happen like it did in the Garden of Eden where he walked and spoke audibly with Adam and Eve every day. Because God doesn't just speak audibly to me. I've never heard God speak audibly. You know, I've, I've never been in a line or, or sitting at a restaurant and, and I never heard God out loud say, Jay, order the salad, not the cheeseburger, you know? 
Even though I, that's probably his will for my life is the salad, not the cheeseburger. I've never heard that audible. Like you got to listen. Like you have to be with Jesus to hear Jesus. Does that make sense? And, and so, t- so many times our culture is such that, you know, we, we're fast-paced. We, we, we're all about results, about the end product. We need it. We need it now. No, 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 we needed it yesterday, right? And, and if we're not careful, we can try to treat God that way. We can treat his will that way. We come up to decisions. Okay, Lord, I need to know what to do. And maybe we haven't talked with him in a while. Maybe we haven't been walking with him in a while. And, and so my heart is that as his people, as his children, we'll be consistently abiding in his presence. Like, like John 15, that we're abiding in him and he is abiding in us like the vine and the branches and this... this it's this relationship where the flow of life, like sap, is flowing through us. That the, There's just rivers of living water. And, and, and so I want that so, so bad for us. I want that so bad. And so one of the things we really have to, to really think about and work through is, is, is how we view the will of God. And do we really honestly want to know God's will for our life and want to follow that? I mean, I know we say we do, but... but but do we want God's will? Because it's impossible to discern God's will if you do not desire God's will. We have to desire His will to be able to know His will. And we have to be open to doing God's will. And, and it can be, there can be moments of, of struggle in it. And that's okay. Because even, you know, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, He, he struggled with the Lord, not my will but your will be done. And so as we pursue the will of God, the plans of God, the purposes of God, it's not trying to get God to do what we want to see happen of what our agenda is, what our goals are, what our will is. But a lot of what prayer is, a lot of what seeking his will is, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I give you my will. Lord, help me, Lord, to desire your will. Lord, help me to want what it is that you want. Help me to hear what it is that you want me to hear. Help me to discern your will and to discern his will. We need to have experiences with Jesus. We need to have experiential knowledge, Jesus. We need to know Jesus. Because you can know people, right? And then you can know people. Like, like with the relationship with my kids, like I can be present in my kids' life. Like I can be around my kids. Or I can be like present in my kids' life. You know, my kids can be around me or they can like really be with me. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? And so like even like even like the love that I have for my kids, like my kids, if I'm not careful, they could just have a head knowledge that their dad loves them. But what I want is I want my kids to have a heart knowledge that their dad loves them, that no matter what happens, they know they have a dad who loves them. And that's what I want for us, for myself, with God, is that we have such a relationship with Him. We know the Lord. We know His love in such a way that it melts our heart, that we don't just have a head knowledge that God loves us, that He only wants to do good for us all the days of our life, that His will is good and His plans and His purposes are good, but that we know it in our heart because when circumstances, when people, when situations tell us otherwise, that there's this anchor, there's this rope, there's this place where we go to that we just know, that we know, that we know, that we know that Jesus truly, truly loves us and that he's there for us and that he won't abandon us, that he won't forsake us, that he won't um, leave us to our own devices. And so we can truly follow him 
with all of, my, with all of our hearts. That's what I want for us. And out of that, His will becomes manifest. Um, out of that, His will is revealed. And, and, and the, this is the thing, is that God, you see it all through Scripture, God doesn't give you what you need until that moment that you need it. And we want it all in advance, don't we? Like we want to stockpile it or we want it all, uh, we want to know, Lord, we want to know, Lord, Lord, I need to know your 10-year plan, okay? Let's get your 10-year plan, Lord. Yeah, I'm not saying you don't plan. You do, you plan. But I'm just saying, it's a daily walk with Jesus. A daily, daily walk with him. And, he, and his plan opens up to us. It, it opens up to us. And so... So would you get, um, would you go ahead and get out those materials I, I, I gave to you. If you'd get those out. Um, the reason I gave you these, uh, a couple of reasons. One of them is because of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to know what the will of God is for you? That's it right there. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. I call this, theologically, um, I call this a sandwich, okay? Because you have like three things here. I think rejoicing is kind of like the bread, and I think giving thanks is kind of like the bread. But I think right in the middle of that's the meat, is praying without ceasing. And that's what kind of holds it all together. You know, in a good sandwich, like a good sloppy joe, right? It kind of that sloppy joe kind of holds the bread together, doesn't it? Well, this is a sloppy joe of prayer. How you like? I should have named the sermon that. Sloppy joe of prayer. But but pray without but how do you pray without ceasing, right? How do you do that? Because um, in, 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 in our culture, we, we call it quiet time, we call it devotionals. Um, but what it the, the kind of the premise is, is that you go and you get filled up for the day. And then you come back and you get your tank filled up again with the Lord for the day. And, and that's if you're doing good, right, once a day. But, you know, in my life, this is a pattern I've discovered, that if I miss my, my time with the Lord for a day, I can tell the difference in my life. When I miss my time with the Lord and my time with Jesus, my Jesus time, that's what I call it. If I miss my Jesus time two, three days in a row, my family can tell. If I go any more than three days without some real Jesus time, like the whole world can start telling, Jay hasn't been with Jesus. Like Jay needs, and they don't, I mean, they wouldn't have that language, but I'm telling you, it's true. It's true. And we need that. And, and I believe we need more than just once a day. Because what can happen is, is we can, um, this is what can happen is we can, like we can have a time of prayer in the morning. We can read a scripture. Okay. Okay. And then we go on with our day. And where's Jesus, right? Because we're like just doing our day and we're busy and we're caught up in all the activities. And so what I want to help do, help, help you do is I want to give you this rope. I want to give you tools that'll help in the midst of the blizzard of life going on around you, pull you back home. Now I'm using this material from Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's a class we're doing on Wednesday night. In fact, part of what I'm sharing tonight is part of a part of what's going to be done Wednesday night in that class, and so uh, some of some of, for those of you in that class, you'll you'll get some of this on Wednesday as well. But but I just um, but I, I this was like too good not to share with everybody, and it just because I just I don't see how you discover God's will without being with Jesus. I just don't, and so the more that I can help you be with Jesus, 
the better you're going to know him and the better you're going to be able to discern his voice, have that hearing heart that we've been talking about the last few weeks and know his will. So, so, this, so this is what I want to just, I want to show these tools to you and, 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 and this is your homework for this week. And if you're a digital person, um, we have this on the app. We'll have it for one week. We have it on our website for one week. That's grace417.com or grace417 in the app store or Google Play. And, uh, and if you're digital, you can use that. But because of copyright, we're only going to leave it up one week. We're only going to break the law one week instead of much. No, I have permission to do this. I do. I'm just teasing. Um, so, um, so uh, let's see. Let's start with this. Can you look at the blue side of this card? Um, we made this card in such a way where you, know, you can use it as a bookmark. You can fold it. You can put it in your wallet. You can put it on the fridge. You can uh, you do like that on your desk or your nightstand. However, you, Whatever works well, take a picture of it and you have it in your phone. Um, whatever works for you. But, but imagine if your day looked like this. Imagine if you had a rhythm in your day. Look at this. That in the, sometime between 6 to 9 a.m., you spent time with Jesus. And just in the, mor- in the morning, you spent... And, and let's not focus so much on, on quantity of time right now. Maybe it's... But I'd say, you know, start with five minutes, minimum. If, I mean, hopefully, at least five minutes. And I'll show you how to do that. But, I mean, you could stretch it out to 15, 20, 30, 45, however. And as you do this, like, you don't start a marathon day one, right? If you're going to run a marathon, you work your way up to it. And so it is... I believe even with prayer, you work your way up. So, but imagine if you spent some time between 6 and 9 a.m. every morning being with the Lord. And then imagine what your day could look like between 11 and 2, around lunchtime, you took another block of time, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, and just spent time with the Lord. And then imagine you did it again in the evening, about 5 to 8, and then you did it again at night before you went to bed. Or you might combine the evening the, the last two, and, and three times a day. Imagine three times a day, 10, 10, 15 minutes. That's like 30 to 45 minutes. And what, this is what happens, though, is if you, if you pick times where you're not, there's not this hard pace, you know, you, you'll, they'll start getting stretched, and they'll get longer, and they're, they're so good. They're so good. But, but so, so think about that. And then I want to give you a, I don't want to call it a formula because it's not a formula. I want to, we can call it a plan. Um, I'll, call, I'll use it as an example. The, uh, the term on your, on your page here just says discovering the rhythms of the daily office and Sabbath. And so the readings and the verses have to do with a daily office and a Sabbath. And you'd say, well, well what, is, what, is daily, what does daily office mean? Well, what does that mean? Well, the word office comes from the Latin word opus. Can you say opus? I feel like I'm the guy from my big fat Greek wedding, right? Where everything had a Greek word and I need my Windex, right? Where's the Windex bottle? But the word office comes from the Latin word opus, which means work. And so for centuries, a daily office has meant doing the work of God. That the most important work that you and I can do each day is the work of being with Jesus. That's the most important work we could ever do is the work of being with Jesus and so they're called these daily offices. And so um, this is, and, and I've, I've, I've been developing and using um, this system in my life for the last several years. I got it from Peter Cesaro, the author of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, um, which we cited in all this. This is what this book is from. And I've found it to be 
life-changing for me. And so that's one of the reasons I'm sharing it with you. And it's helped me be able to discover uh, God's will in my life and next steps and, and how he wants me to process life. So let me just show you just real quickly um, this, this, this step-by-step form of how this, is, how this is laid out, okay? So first, I would encourage you to begin with silence. And if you look on the backside where this candle is, it, it gives instruction here on silence and stillness guidelines about how just to be quiet in the presence of the Lord. So start with two minutes of just silence and stillness in the Lord. And then read, I find it helpful to read a paragraph of a devotional um, once provided for you here this week. Um, but when this week is over and you don't have this any longer, um, you know, any devotional you use. I love uh, Daniel Brown's devotional. You can find it on, on an app store. It's commended to the Word. Uh, he's one of our missionaries, so the, the $15 or whatever it is, the subscription goes to support his missions ministry. So I'll often read that in the morning. Um, and then I'll come, I'll read a passage of Scripture. I use our um, Scripture reading that we have in our app provided for you. It's usually about three chapters a day. That's a good start for me. Um, and so I'll do that. And then I also, at different times of the day, I like to read a couple of Psalms. I love the book of Psalms. Just love it. It's a prayer book, so it helps you pray. And then maybe another time when I'm just reflecting in, in prayer, I'll read a proverb because it's easy because there's, I view it like one for each day of the month. There's 31 proverbs. And so, oh, what's today? That's the 21st. I don't know if today's the 21st, but is today the 21st? Oh, great. I guessed right. So on the 21st, I uh, will read the 21st proverb. So, so like that. And then journal um, some thoughts. That's maybe optional for you. Or maybe, you know, maybe you like to journal, maybe you don't like to journal. But experiment with it. It helps me. I don't like to journal, but sometimes I'll write down sentences, a sentence of what God's spoken to me, said to me. Um, and so, but it helps me retain it. So it's, it's very helpful if you haven't used that. This is the point. It's not a formula. Like whatever helps you experience Jesus, walk with him, do that. Like whatever it is, it's not, you, you never want, you never want spending time with Jesus to turn into, you don't want your devotion to turn into devotionals. Does that make sense? You want it to keep it pure. You want to keep it just so, so just simple is good. Um, and then the fourth thing is Pray. Have some time in prayer. I like to pray in my spiritual language. I've, it uplifts me. It strengthens me. Um, I, I love to do that in my time of prayer. Remember, prayer needs to be two-way, not one way. And so we end in silence of a couple minutes in silence. So, so even if you're really wanting to develop, like how do you pray? How do you spend time with the presence of the Lord? Imagine if you spent two minutes reading. I mean, it's two, two minutes in silence. Let's say two minutes reading, uh, uh, just a devotional. Um, let's say five, five to ten minutes reading Scripture. So then we're like up to like ten minutes. You journal a thought. That's like a minute or two, like twelve. You pray. Let's say you pray for five minutes. That's like 17, and you have a couple minutes in silence. That's, that's, that's 20 minutes right there. It'll go like that, I promise. And if you did that three times a day, that's an hour with the Lord. It'll, it'll change your life, and you'll begin to experience His presence. You don't have that 20 minutes. You crunch this down, take pieces of it. Even if you did it for five, three times a day, just, just, just try it. And I'm telling you, you'll see your life change. So in conclusion this morning, I want to give you a couple of examples. A couple examples. I'm going to go through these fast, okay? These are people that had regular times with the Lord daily. David, Psalm 119, 164, seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. So David, seven different times in a day, he would take time to spend time with the Lord. Daniel, 
And now when Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed and gave thanks to God just as he had done before. It was his pattern, three times a day. And when the pressure of life came, when he was about to be thrown into the lion's den, he didn't change. He didn't change. He kept doing what he was doing because he, he had that rope, right, to hold on to in the midst of that storm. Uh, Acts 3.1, this is Peter and John. One day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Acts 10.9, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray at noon. Jesus, we, often we see Jesus getting away to pray. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning while it was dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Matthew 14, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. One of these days, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, Luke 6, and spent the night praying to God. Do you see this pattern? Are you seeing this? Luke 22, he withdrew with a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed. Mark 6, after, abide, after bidding them farewell, he left the mountain to pray. Jesus said, I only see, only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. He was with his father enough to know what his father was saying and doing. And that's what we need. We need to be with Jesus enough to know what he's saying and doing. Then the last verse, Luke 11, 1, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. And so as you're with the Lord, just say, Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me how to abide in your presence in such a way that it changes me and then I change the world. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the difference that you're making in our lives. And Lord, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would show up this week, Lord, as we carve out this time just to simply be with you, Lord. Not to get stuff from you, but to be with you, Lord. I pray you transform lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this episode made a difference in your life. If you would like more information on giving your life to Jesus, visit us on the web at grace417.com.